I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Well, it is tax day today, so we want to look at a few of the things that are impacting uh, taxes for a lot of folks around the country and right here in the state of Utah. And how about us break down one in particular, Patrick Brown, of course, uh, our friend from the Ethics and Public Policy Center. Uh, Patrick, thanks for joining us today and uh, looking at things, especially around the child tax credit, of course, has been uh, an item of big debate. Taking on child poverty has uh, been a uh, battle back and forth, at least from a messaging standpoint for both Republicans and Democrats alike. Uh, but give us a little perspective as people uh, are kind of locking in their their taxes. What where are we on the child tax credit? Well, Boyd, thanks for having me back on. Always great to, to jump on and talk about talk about taxes. Uh, one of the few things in life we know are are, uh, are certain and unavoidable. Um, and for a lot of people, this year's taxes look very different um, because of the child tax credit, which was expanded um, to virtually every family uh, except for the, the highest earners and and some on the on the very low end, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, and, and so I think you know people uh, who hopefully uh, by the time they're hearing this. Uh, uh, they, 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 their taxes are, are long since filed, but uh, they still have a few hours to get those uh, those documents in. But the uh, the child tax credit, because it was uh, expanded the way that it was, a lot of people are are, are now uh, realizing that uh, you know the monthly payments that they were receiving for the last half of 2021 were actually sort of an advance on on their their refund uh, for this upcoming year. And so some people we've heard. Uh, are sort of being taken aback like, that their refund may not be quite as what they were expecting. And then going forward, I think, you know, this was a one-time experiment uh, because of a sort of build as, uh, you know, responding to the pandemic. And the Biden administration made the strategic decision that they wanted to, to run this as a one-year pilot program because they could get the votes for that rather than trying to expand it into the future. And so, the, as everyone's noticed, who's a parent, those monthly payments have gone away and the child tax credit currently will be going back to what it was, uh, the status quo ante, the, the, the expanded child tax credit in the, in the 2017 tax cuts and jobs act, which, which did expand the child tax credit, but, but also limited it to, to people who had enough earnings to, to, uh, you know, there's a phase in, uh, the, the more you, you earn, the more the, of the credit you get if you're on the, the lower end of the spectrum. And so that's going to be very different for people heading into the next year. Yeah. And it does seem that, uh, a lot of folks who, who maybe kind of count on that, uh, regular tax, uh, refund or that tax return coming back with some cash, uh, are kind of having that surprise moment of, oh, those, that money I was getting from the government along the way, uh, that means there isn't going to be this little chunk that comes in, uh, kind of as a, a surprise, although we'll talk about the fact that there's really no surprise because it's their money anyway. <laughs> but that's, a right. that's a different right. discussion well, no, for another day. You know, and you know, in some respects, it's it's just moving money around. But you're right; some people really do count on that sort of 
forced savings mechanism of having a, a big refund at the end of the year. And, and so if that's something that, that you're used to, all of a sudden recognizing or all of a sudden realizing, oh, oh, hey, uh, you know, I thought this was in addition to the expanded money that I was getting in. And, and it's really, you know, you were sort of uh, drawing it down in advance. That was a decision that the Biden administration made, uh, you know, from the get go to try to run this program through the IRS. Uh, and, and, you know, this really put a lot of strain on the IRS, which is certainly nobody's idea uh, of, a, of their favorite government agency. But but they, uh, you know, tried to move heaven and earth to make this work through the tax code uh, with some success that, you know, I think, uh, you know, for the most part, we'll give them we'll give them a passing grade. But there were definitely flaws along the way. And I think it, it goes to show the weakness of trying to do an anti-poverty program through the tax code, because there are a lot of families whose work situations are sort of uh, dynamic or, or uh, unstable, uh, who, who, who don't have, uh, who don't file taxes because their income is low or they have uh, a, a complicated situation. And those families uh, could have very easily been left out of the child uh, payments altogether. And so now as we're going forward and looking to see what's down the pike, this to me is just more uh, fuel for the fire in terms of thinking about child benefits in a more, um, structural way and thinking about the way they interact with different different portions of the tax code. And, you know, as, as I think we've talked about before uh, on your show, um, the, the proposal that Senator Romney put out last year um, also would have expanded the child tax credit, but it would have done through so through the Social Security Administration rather than the IRS, which would have been a much smoother way of getting money out to parents. And he would have coupled that with sort of reforming the tangle of tax credits and phase outs and, and different provisions of the tax code, which can really be complicated and, and be cause quite a headache for, for low income parents. Yeah. And again, especially those at the lower income levels, I think that gets incredibly complicated and, and uh, doing this kind of social program through uh, the IRS is, uh, is, is problematic, I think for sure. And there, there has been criticize, criticism for this uh, approach to it, uh, not just uh, from those on the right and not just from Joe Manchin, uh, but from others on the left uh, in terms of, is this really the best way to get the the best outcomes? Especially if our real goal is to make sure we're we're helping those uh, that are most vulnerable or, or in the the weakest financial position. That's right. Uh, my my sort of uh, friend of me, I guess you might say, on, on the left, uh, Matt Bruni, who runs a, a crowd funded think tank uh, that, that purchase policy positions uh, that uh, you know are, are verging on socialist but but uh, always a very uh, keen observer uh, has estimated that about 14% of kids who live in um, households that don't file uh, regular taxes uh, were were left out of the of the monthly mm-hmm. child tax credit benefit and for a, a bill that was um, sort of you know the the rationale for the 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 one year expansion of the child tax credit that the Biden administration pushed was uh, is explicitly around, you know, re- uh, reducing child poverty. They were saying it was going to reduce it by as much as 50%, which was always was kind of an absurd number. But you know, I think, I think the real, you know, number ended up being about 25%, uh, which is nothing to sneeze at, but still it's, it's nowhere near what was being sold. I think, again, it, it shows the weakness of trying to do this in, in too clever a way. And, and I think they, they thought that the Biden administration, administration thought that by doing it through the tax code, they would be maybe uh, able to build a sort of uh, support for it uh, that would make it permanent and, and people would have an outcry when it went away. And we've heard some people uh, complain about it, but it certainly has not been um, you know, on the top of, of the radar screen with everything else going on in D.C. Uh, and certainly with 
8% inflation. And so I think there's a real opportunity for conservatives, especially who think about the, the child tax credit in a slightly different way than progressives do. Progressives, I think, tend to focus primarily on child poverty. And again, that's not something that we should sneeze at. It's important to, to want to get kids to, to you know, have uh, more potential and more opportunity. But I think uh, the conservative way to think about a child tax credit is really in subsidizing family life mm-hmm. and thinking about you recognizing that the parents bear uh, a lot of expenses and a lot, you know, it, it certainly, you know, costs more money to have a kid than it, it, it does not to. And so society has a, has a vested interest in making that decision easier for parents. So I think conservatives who uh, are serious about that might see an opportunity for reforming and extending the child tax credit in a way that, that really um, buttresses family life. Uh, and, and I think you might see action uh, coming out of Republicans of D.C. going forward on that. Oh, that's uh, that's really interesting, uh, fascinating stuff. Uh, Patrick Brown always gives us great insight, especially on a tax day today. Uh, and ultimately, it is you know the outcomes: are we getting the right things to the the right parents, the right families, in the right way? Uh, that's going to be most efficient and effective. Uh, Patrick, always appreciate your perspective. Thanks for hopping on with us today. Always oh, great to be on. Thanks, Boyd. All right, some some interesting things to think about uh, from from Patrick, and uh, I think it's so important. Uh, one thing about tax day, it does unify the nation uh, in an interesting way, uh, in terms of not wanting to pay our taxes, but it also gives us just this slight pause where we all start thinking about, well, where does all that money go anyway? Uh, I wish we all could get to, just like we have to do an itemized uh, set of deductions as we make our uh, tax payments. It'd be nice for the government to give us a statement of where all that money went and what it was used for and what the outcomes were. Uh, I think if we all understood exactly where that money went, if we understood and could take a look at, oh, there's some waste, oh, there's some fraud and abuse, oh, there's something that needs to be tweaked or changed, or wow, that's not producing any real results. Uh, If we had that kind of look, I think we'd all feel very differently about our taxes. And I think we would demand different from our representatives in Congress. But it's too easy to blow through tax day and whine and moan and complain just a little bit about how hard it is, how complicated it is. That's where we started the show today. Uh, And then looking at some of the things that we thought we might be getting as a tax return but aren't really coming anymore. Uh, And and just the complexities of it all. But I think the real change is going to happen only, only when we're able to actually see what that money gets put towards. I think Americans are willing to pay for a lot of things. Uh, But there's a whole host of things. We have no idea where it's going. Uh, Other than we know that there is waste, fraud, and abuse. Uh, And we know there are uh, all kinds of programs that are duplicative in many ways. Uh, Some that are just outright outdated. And some that are incredibly inefficient. And so let's find a better way. But that's going to take a, a different kind of conversation. Uh, and that's what we hope to get to. All right, we're going to step aside for a quick commercial break. When we come back, the Washington, D.C. Temple of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is opening its doors to the public. We'll be joined by Sister Reina Alberto of the General Relief Society Presidency as she joins us from Washington, D.C. to discuss it coming up next. Stay with us. I'm Dave Cauley investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.